Hey everyone. I'm excited to be diving into this series on evangelism with you all in this quarter. The structure of this book lends itself pretty well to a five-part series, so I'll be posting an episode per chapter every other week through May and June. As always, my goal is to draw from the topic of that chapter, not simply to play back what's written, and apply this specifically to our communities and your leadership within those communities. I mentioned a bit about the why that we chose this book at our sink in April, but I wanted to expand on that here at the outset of the series. In my quarterly survey to the leads, our sense of mission has been the area that we've collectively expressed as that area that needs uh, the most attention. And so in part, this topic is something as a data-driven response to our expressed and felt needs. Beyond that, it's also just a central and important aspect of who we are as a people, uh, so much so that it is one of the five topics we regularly address in the foundations class. So it's good for us to remind ourselves of the who, what, when, where, why, and how of evangelism. Lastly, I think there's a natural progression in our topics throughout the course of this year. We started out in the fall by speaking about humility and how our personal postures of heart shape our leadership and our communities. Then in the winter, we spoke about discipleship and the desire for us to intentionally seek to do spiritual good to other believers who are sovereignly in our family and in our communities. So now it seems appropriate for us to focus on evangelism, which expands that desire to do spiritual good to others, to those who are not yet believers, yet also whom God has sovereignly put in our lives. Jesus commanded his disciples after his resurrection in Matthew 28, 18 to 20, what we know as the Great Commission. It says, And Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth have been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. We see in Acts that the first disciples in Jerusalem were spreading outward from Jerusalem to the surrounding country, Judea, and then to the neighboring country, Samaria, and then through Paul and others, expanding to the greater, greater region so that we might reach all nations as Jesus commanded. We see in Revelation that in heaven there will be gathered a great multitude that no one can number from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, in worship of Jesus. So, being commanded to go and make disciples, with the assurance that God will accomplish his purposes to redeem people from every nation, tribe, and language, we take our part to share the good news that through faith in Jesus, we might have forgiveness of our sins and be restored to a right relationship with God now and forever. Paul writes in Romans chapter 10 about our role in sharing this good news. Starting in verse 13, he says, For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But how are they to call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, How beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news, but they have not obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed what he has heard from us? So, faith comes from hearing, and hearing through the word of Christ. Now, as I say this, you may be thinking, isn't this talk all about mission and isn't evangelism something different? And the short answer there is no, they're basically the same. There was a small comment in the introduction where Stiles acknowledges that we might want to use the word mission or missional instead of evangelism. And he doesn't do much to unpack this other than to say that it's a biblical word, which is true. If you've been around DCC any amount of time, you've probably heard us talk about the gospel and the Greek root word euangelion. 
This is the same word that's translated in the Romans passage I just read as good news and as gospel. And it's also the root word of our English word evangelism. The word includes both an action, that is to bring, to share, or to preach, and a subject, namely good news. That good news is that God saves sinners through faith in his son Jesus. So we'll use both the words mission and evangelism rather interchangeably, but just keep in mind the heart of both of them is centered in the gospel. A little later in chapter one, Stiles provides a simple definition of evangelism as teaching the gospel with the aim to persuade. And then he breaks down these four pieces. For our context and time today, having already mentioned the gospel, I want to focus on the last part, the persuasion. For years as a younger Christian, I think I was going about evangelism in an incomplete manner. I had a right understanding and was willing to teach others, and even had lots of intentionality and a desire for my friends and family to trust Jesus. Yet, I was regularly missing part of my gospel presentation, that is, the invitation to respond. Stiles mentions that the gospel summary of God, man, Christ, and response, that all four parts are necessary if we're going to indeed share the gospel. I often quoted the popular phrase, preach always and when necessary use words, which is attributed to Francis of Assisi. However, as it turns out, this is neither a direct quote nor an accurate paraphrase because it implies that there is a way to preach without words. The heart of what Francis was actually saying was much more along the lines that our lives should match what we preach. This is a deeply biblical principle of authenticity. And while we may think this is perhaps unnecessary scrutiny, the subtlety is really important. As I mentioned, while I, as a younger Christian, was guided by this principle, I shied away from and at times even sinfully avoided declaring the good news of the gospel to those who need it. And we should be doing this in gentleness and love, the heart of which we'll talk about later in the series. But it's of utmost importance that we understand that the imperative to share the good news is to share it in its entirety with those who don't yet know and trust Jesus. That includes us telling the good news of God and Christ and also the bad news of our sin and need to respond in repentance. And so only when we paint the full picture can we truly invite somebody to place their faith in Jesus correctly. So at the outset of our study, I'll encourage you to think about this, the whole gospel, and begin to pray about those in your life who don't yet know and trust Jesus. We'll talk more in the series about our top five But for starters, we can start with the top five as those people in our lives that we're committing to praying for and seeking out spiritually meaningful conversations. Lord willing, I pray that you'll have a chance to share the gospel with one of those top five, whether they be a family member, a friend, or a coworker, in the midst of our series this quarter. That by the end, we might even be celebrating not just our, our increased understanding and passion for evangelism, but even the fruit of that in our midst. To that end, let's pray. Father, thank you for making and being good news for us by sending your son Jesus to pay the penalty that we deserve, that we might be in right, restored relationship through through faith in him. Father, I ask that you would work in and amidst our communities. Allow us to be a place where people can ask questions, where we might share the gospel clearly in its fullness. I pray for the men and women who lead our communities, um, that they would be minded towards Uh, evangelism in their personal walks and be sharing and and encouraging that amongst those who attend in our community. I pray as we discuss this series, Lord, that you would move in our hearts 
better equip us to be gospel carriers. Uh, Motivate us out of the love that you have for us and for others, God, and bear fruit in the hearts of those that you've sovereignly placed in our midst. I pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen.